Hello and welcome back or welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. My name is Evan. Uh, you're now listening to episode 83 of the show. It's going to be a recap of the round of 16 of Euro 2020, which is actually happening in 2021. I'm joined as always by my co-host Matt. What's going on this week, brother? Uh, big preparations for 4th of July. Um, work for both of us is getting out of control. Out of control. Whether it's, whether it's people, beachgoers and that, or just, uh, those same people ordering a shit ton of stuff on Amazon. (laughs) I, today, all the city carriers didn't get back to like six o'clock altogether. So we all work 10 hours a day. Brutal. Just like I was delivering on the islands. Um, I was delivering like four or five things to houses I've never delivered to to since I started. Yeah. Just just these people that are down for a few weeks or just the week or whatever. I don't know. It gets pretty fucking annoying because it just extends my day. And like when we have weather like today, like uh, scattered thunderstorms and stuff, like it's just it's a pain. I get fucking soaked and drenched and then yep. I'm just miserable. And then when it lets up, the humidity just picks up even more because the water, the water's evaporating again. So yeah. it's just a, it's just a cycle of being annoying. But I'm, we're, we're all off on the fourth, so that's good. Like as a national holiday, but the, I'm just, uh, I'm gonna be really pissed because the fifth and sixth are gonna be absolutely <laughs> fucked. Like yeah. the fifth is, fifth is gonna be packages only. And he has like eleven people working because we're going to be absolutely crammed. The office is going to be overflowing. Yeah. And then this the sixth is going to be a normal day, like mail and everything. But we're going to be like two two days behind because a day off and then packages only. So it's it's going to be annoying. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be an absolute fucking nightmare. To be honest, that's that's what yeah. that sounds like. My uh my my schedule is pretty much the same. Just absolute nightmare day after day. Um, we'll sell out of all of our stuff on the fourth. Day, mm. What day is the fourth? The fourth is Sunday. Yeah, good night, dude. I'm working Sunday and Monday, so I will be trashed both of those days. I'll be completely knackered, hammered. Mm. Um, but we just have to get through it. You know, once the once the winter comes around, like I don't know how much reprieve you get, but it's definitely the workload's definitely not as bad. I feel like in the winter, right? Yeah, the winter's not bad. Uh, maybe like one or two weeks. Uh, around Christmas time, yeah. it'll pick up again, obviously, because people are ordering gifts and that. So yeah. it's it's not as bad as the summer. It's just like a short uptick mm-hmm. in work, but after that, it goes back down. So That's good. I'm looking I'm looking really forward to the fall. Uh, obviously, work eases up, and then uh, the prem starts. All the the domestic leagues will start up. Um, club soccer here will pick up. So um, we'll get back into that. I was just talking to to Hick our director of coaching for the club and mm-hmm. placing our teams and what flight we want. So we're going to try flight three again, because in the spring we moved up from four to three. Mm-hmm. I think we've touched on this before with the spring. Uh, there's not as many teams committing to it because uh, kids play other sports, whether it's baseball or lacrosse or oh. uh, other things that go on in the spring. And then um, they merged us with flight two teams. So we were playing teams, two flights above us. So, it was a big reality shock because in the fall we we won or we won and dominated almost every game, and then came the spring we finished two and six. Right, and it it upset some players and mainly parents, and we lost two more kids. One because of the quality of team we have, they just wanted to win and wanted better quality around their son. 
and then the other one is more focused on baseball right now, but uh, they were more optimistic of if it didn't work out that he'll come back to the club easily. So um, tryouts really helped. We got some new kids coming in. So a really nice one. One or two of them that are really going to help fill those voids. It's mm-hmm. just going to be very, very important because as every year is restarted in the fall, I found that those first three weeks before our first game are are critical because I have to cram so much fundamental structure of how we need to play uh, before our first game because our first game usually we get rocked because the kids just don't pay attention. Right. So the COVID thing being gone, teams aren't we're we're not going to have to merge two teams together to train. It'll be one one solo team. We'll have about thirteen guys, depending on how many show up to every practice and. They're going to be U10, so they should be a little more attentive. Maybe we'll get one or two that get an early growth spurt. Uh, we're going to need it because these teams are going to bully us if we don't because mm-hmm. I feel like that's how we've always been. We've been like a smaller team. But, um, yeah, I could I could do like a solo episode about this. I was thinking about doing it in the fall. Yeah, like, it might uh, be that might be something like worth, worth chronicling. That'd probably be actually pretty cool. Yeah, it could be like a, more for myself just to – to document like our progress and what my thoughts are and what we need to work on it'll be nice to look back on and think uh yeah uh, a couple years from now when the where the kids are at that point just to look back at what we were currently struggling with so that might be something uh tease that'll come probably mid-august when our season picks up go over uh training schedules and current players uh, development in that and it'll be cool when they get older to mention this and they go listen back that'd be something cool to think yeah, about. yeah that's i was thinking that that's probably actually for for the guys to take it seriously enough and stick with it that'd probably be something really cool to to go back and listen to mm-hmm. but yeah I, I think that took up a lot of the intro is there anything else you want <laughs> to touch on with you no no i'm not really up to anything you know i hang out with morgan and my girlfriend for those of you who are, or are new, maybe listening for the first time um, and I don't really do much else. I mean, a game that I like to play just just uh, had a reset, so you have to start from fresh. That that's fun. Uh, I've been doing that in the past like two days. But other than that, you know, work, uh, golf when I can. But that's kind of that's kind of slowed up too because it's just it's hard yeah, to get out there. Like I played the other day and it's hot as fuck. Like I get out there at two thirty, so because I know the old heads aren't going to be out there. I know I'm not going to have a long round. Like. Played with yeah. two two of my buddies. We somehow managed to both get all get off. Um, and I get there. He goes, "Oh, it's car path only because of the heat." I said, "Excuse me, it's what? It's car path only because of heat, not water. Like, course isn't muddy." He said, "Nah, it's heat." He said, uh, it, it, you know, if you leave the card on the if you leave the card on the, the course too much, it it kills the grass." I was like, "Yeah, I guess, but like." seriously so instead you're gonna make everybody that plays walk an extra two miles in the round from walking to from a cart path to the fairway doing that all the time like i fucking i was beat by the time 18 was done i was fucking hammered i was my body hurt so bad i was using my seven iron as a, as a fucking cane on on like 14 oh I, well, I, i've been having i've been having a, a, a weird like I've been pulling it uh, a couple weeks now in a row. I've, like every time I recover from it, I re-pull it. Like my groin, my left groin muscle, oh, it's 
awful, dude. I don't know. I don't know what it's from. It started to happen since I've stopped playing, uh, like more than once a week. But like after after ten or eleven holes, my groin is just left groin is tweaked. Really? So, so yeah, I had to I had to use my my seven iron as a cane. But I'm yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yeah. It's starting to feel better now. I felt okay at work today, so. That's good to hear. Nice little R and R. Yeah, I had my own injury problems over the weekend because we had a uh, the big beach soccer tournament in our yeah. area, it's the biggest one in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, we thank God it happened this year because the club would have probably folded if we did. I was going to say you guys probably would have uh, gone bankrupt. We, huh? Uh, easy. We've been fucked. Um, because going two years without it would have been absolute scenes. Because the one year without it was a fucking pain. I already touched on that earlier, but yeah. Yeah, I helped run the event. My parents helped, as they always do. We did our little things. It was the tournament ran pretty smooth. There were some issues with players being double rostered, um, police having to be involved with like some parents getting in fights, uh, fucking drunk on the on the beaches. Of course, of course. And uh, I kept saying it. I was like, the worst behavior, unfortunately, is at the young kids' ages, like uh, eight, nine, ten year olds. Uh, the parents take it so fucking seriously, um, being their first couple beach blasts, and especially this year, having gone a, a year without it, so yeah. you have even more people that haven't experienced it before. Um, so, so parents get really into it, and they don't realize like they need to fucking settle down because it just takes away from the kids and the game and all that. And I mean, our me and like a bunch of the boys, you know them. We yeah. all got a team together. Uh, Joe played the one game with us. We won twelve to six. He had eight of the goals. Yeah, of course. He in that. I mean, unfortunately, the game we played, the other team was was awful. They were yeah. just like chill dudes, like hung over and that, like kind of how we were a little bit. Yeah. But um, they were by far the worst team we played, and I wish we had Joe in an actually decent game because we probably would have made the final if he was there. If we if he was there all three games, we would have made the final. Yeah, easily. And Tanner didn't show up the first day either because he had, he went out the night before and then yeah. he had to help run his dad's uh, charity event or something four to six in the morning. Right. So he didn't get any sleep and he was just out of it. So he missed our first day and it ultimately happened. We ultimately lost because of the first game we lost. Yeah. We gave, we went up one nothing and then we had a chance to go up two. We had a penalty. And we had guys that haven't touched haven't touched a soccer ball since the last beach blast. Yeah. So two two years without touching a ball. Yeah, you're fucked. So we missed three penalties, scored <laughs> two own goals, and we had three guys throw up during the game out of the eight of us there. Yeah. So because of fit- we lost- fitness or being hungover uh, or both. I think it was more the fitness thing. The sands that first game, the sand was so fucking like it wasn't. Was it loose? In. Yeah. Yeah, it was very loose. Like uh, the second game, and then this game on Sunday. Like I, me personally, like I was pers- fine. I played pretty much the whole game. Yeah, I, I, I mainly just played in the back because most of the time we played a diamond. We did like a one two. Yeah, one, the one two one. It's, it's one and a, it's four and a goalie. Yep. I just played like that center back, like Tiago Silva. Roll. I was just like yeah, barking at people to pinch and yeah. step up, and I cover for him. And I, most of the time, I was just blocking runs because. It's almost impossible to dribble in that shit. Yeah, so you just have I'd, to pass. I'd rather, I'd rather take the chance of them having a, to shoot 
really far out, I block it or dribble rather yeah. than give a breakaway pass. But overall, short story, uh, it was a good time and it worked out well. I had like a bad ankle. Uh, there was a volley opportunity in the first game of the weekend. Yeah, popped up in the air. I it was like thirty feet in the air. It dropped, and I was thinking in my head, I was was coming down. I'm gonna fucking bang this top corner. I made good contact with it, and it went. I was on target. The goalie saved it, but I like hyperextended my foot. I've had problems with it in the past where just it it didn't hit like where um the joint was. It kind of hit where further where my toes were. Yep. So it just hyperextended it a little bit, and the swelling was fucked that day. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to be able to play the second game. I iced it for like an hour or so, and. It's all good now. The swelling went down and everything, yeah. and I'm fine. But I just got to realize that I got to take it easy, and I got to wear an ankle brace next year, yeah. like a wrap or something, just just in case it does happen that I can have something to stop the swelling. Yeah, I, I fucking wear a knee brace every time I pretty much do any sort of sport besides golf. Yeah. I mean, like I I just have to. If I'm playing pickup basketball or tennis or whatever, um, mm-hmm. I I have to wear a knee brace. The change in direction is is just too much. If, yeah. if you have, like you said, you've had injury, you've had issues with that before. First yeah. time you have the the issue, it's time to fucking strap the brace on. We're, I mean, yeah. I hate to say it, but we, we're we're getting there. Like we're we're old. We're we're not yeah, the uh, not the same. No, I just turned twenty five, dude. I'm I'm still hitting my peak. Yeah, it's true. Peak in soccer years is like twenty seven, twenty eight. Yeah, that's true. Or if you're Ronaldo, you're still in your prime. Yeah, Penaldo. Um, let's talk about Penaldo. Let's uh let's get into the round of sixteen recap. That was one of the longest intros we've done in a long time. Um yeah. the first game, Wales versus Denmark. This game occurred on Saturday, June twenty sixth. Um, an absolute slaughter. I yep. don't know Your boys what I let you down. I don't know what I was thinking. Um I thought Denmark were frauds. I didn't nope. I didn't say they were frauds. I just didn't think you just fully backed your Welsh boys. I did. And I just you were, you were loyal. I, I truly didn't think that Denmark would be able to put on a performance quite like this. Um and you had guys like Casper Dolberg, uh a brace in this game, one in the twenty seventh, one in the forty eighth. He, this was a bit of a, an international coming out party for him. I mean, he was absolutely unbelievable. Um, early on in the tournament, didn't make too much of an impact. Uh, although he didn't get, I guess, a ton of chances to make an impact. Nope. But he looked unbelievable in this game. He looked really, really good. Um, yeah. And and they were, they, they were just kind of dominant all the way through. Uh, Wales had a red, but it didn't happen until the 90th. Mm-hmm. Um, just the, the entire game for the most part was kind of a bloodbath. They didn't really have many shots on target, especially when you when you consider that Denmark had eight. Denmark also controlled the possession and were um you know a better passing team. I just think that they had much more structure and well Wales lack coach with um with a connection to the squad with experience with the squad, and I just think. Um, you could see it in, in some of the guys' faces um, when, when Bale was asked if he'd be returning and, and playing with with Wales again. He he didn't want to answer. I just I think there's a an air of um, I don't know, definitely disappointment, but certainly yeah. something else as well with Wales and and they just weren't up to the task. Yeah, it's hard to 
surpass your previous mark of semifinals because of course so, so many things had to go uh, in your favor at certain moments and Wales did a good job in the group stage to get where they were. They they were slotted in possibly one of the best situations in the in the bracket, um, especially after the Ryan Giggs thing. I, was he on the coaching staff before all that, or was he like just on his own? I don't remember because he had his whole sexual assault char- case yeah. dropped on him and that, and yep. I don't know if he was involved in that. But besides the point, uh, Denmark. I said from the start, they just had more to play for and they had more to um, just add more in the tank. Um, I did call in our predictions that Dahlberg would be a big guy for them and he made his moment here, the brace, um, taking taking advantage because it's not, like you said, he gets a lot of minutes, especially in a competitive squad like this where guys don't get many chances to shine. Um, you had other guys like Braithwaite get on the sheet and garbage time just to pad the stats i think that's three goals for him now in the tournament yeah so he's catching up there and overall i mean i'm I'm happy that denmark won not only because i thought they would but they get a favorable matchup against the czech republic um potentially they can make the semifinals, and it could be a great story um if they make the final just the whole ericsson thing and it's just a good it would be a great story to see but um, I don't know if they're gonna make it that far, but if they play like this, they they have a great shot to get to make to to make it to the. F- I don't even know what I'm trying to say. What the fuck? I'm trying to like make it th- two or three different sports lengths in my head, like make it to the dance. Yeah, is that what I'm trying to say? The yeah. big dance. The big dance. Whatever, but yeah, I'm just happy for Denmark. Yeah, me too. It, it's good to see it. Um, the Ericsson thing was just so huge. Um, that feels like it was so long ago now, too, and it, it really wasn't. It was only two, three weeks ago. Um, yeah. So it's great to see. It's great to see Denmark advance. I got no hate in my heart for Denmark. Um, mm. A bit disappointed in, in my Welsh lads, but yeah, uh, we'll, we'll move on. Italy 2, Austria 1, an absolute heartbreaker for an Austria side who refused to give up. Uh, Federico Chiesa was the opening scorer in the 95th minute. This was... This was an action-packed um, extra time. Absolutely unbelievable. A nil-nil draw in full time. Uh, Chase opened the scoring in the 95th. Uh, Kalacic scored in the 114. Oh, no. Uh, didn't didn't Italy score twice? They scored, they scored two, and then and in Austria the pulled back, one uh, back. Yeah. Yeah, in yeah, the yeah. first extra time, it was 2 nothing, and then Austria pulled one back in the second. Yeah, so Chase and Piscina, names that you wouldn't, Really expect to see on the score sheet. Um, and then Austria with uh, Sasa Kalacic in the 114th. Ultimately, that wasn't enough to to make the game go to pens. Italy were, I'd say, dominant in this game. But there was something about the Austria team that really spoke to me because they, they just didn't lay down. Um, they got peppered for the entirety of full time uh, by an Italy side who are full of or that that team is just so much better on paper um than than Austria and they didn't want to lay down they uh Austria just put in so much effort to to make sure that everything was covered um and make sure that nobody could get through on goal and I think that you have Hinteregger and Alaba really to thank for that 
Um, Djokovic and Lehner both played a, a great game as well. But Italy were the team to to eventually outclass them, as they should. I mean, I think we all expected Italy to make it through here. Um, and I don't know about you, but I think Italy grinding this one out so late and getting goals out of players that you wouldn't maybe normally expect um, is a sign that they could actually go on for me to go on and, and actually win this tournament. Um, they, I think, look better, stronger, and more consistent um, than any other team, even England. Uh, England are having to get these these performances out of Raheem Sterling in order to advance. Um, so, so for me, I mean, I think Italy right now are probably my odds-on favorite to win the tournament, this is the game that I needed to see to to fully believe. Um, do you have anything to say about this one? Anything special? I was gonna say that Austria have met Italy in a one of these major international tournaments five times, and they've lost every single one. Pain. Um, so yeah, they're used to that. But uh, yeah, like you said, Italy really grind this out, and like those are matches that you need to see to really uh, gain to get faith. Um, in betting on them and just to have faith that they can do it if it comes this again. I mean, four out of the eight um, round of 60 matches went into extra time. So a lot of teams playing conservative and really grinding these games out, like you said. Um, the, uh, Jorginho's quietly putting in good shifts in there. I've seen articles about him. Um, he's planning on sticking out his contract at Chelsea, being loyal to it until the end. So that's nice to see. Um, I mean, for me personally, I'd rather see him moved on and we've slipped Bryce in there. But um, that's besides the point. For international football, he's doing well and the country's doing well. Um, now that Austria scored in this game, England's the only team now that hasn't been that hasn't conceded a goal in the tournament, uh, which is something not a lot of people would have thought. But um, yeah, I'm I'm sad to see Austria lose this. Um, I think we were talking about that they might have been the best to upset out of all the big matchups in the round of 16. But yeah, Italy were just too much and the legs were were just there for them and Austria just didn't have enough enough star quality up top. So um, I'm, I'm, it's going to be a great matchup against Belgium. There's going to be a lot of talk about that. Who's going to dominate that? Is it going to be structure of Italy or is it going to be the creativity of, of uh, Belgium's attacking players? So we'll touch on that later, but um, Italy well-deserved. Yeah, uh, good on them. I I actually hope they win the tournament. They're they're definitely my team that I'm rooting for. Next game: Netherlands versus the Czech Republic. The Czech Republic advance to the European Championship semifinals. How in the world, Suchek, the the man himself, is finding himself in rarefied air this season. An excellent finish with West Ham and an excellent finish whether they win this, this next game or not with uh, with the Czech Republic. Just a, mm. a, a great, great, uh, great bit of uh, form and, and placement for him. Uh, this game, I would like to say that Netherlands beat themselves more than anything yeah. else. Um, yep. Delict getting that red card in the 55th minute was certainly where the game took a turn for the worse. Um, Tomas Holles and uh, Patrick Schick who has become a, a household name in this tournament, 
um, were the two to score the goals, both coming in the second half, one in the 68th and another in the 80th. The red card by Delict in the 55th was was certainly the kiss of death. Um, yeah. it, it didn't look like they were up to the, the task anyway. No shots on target. That was the first time Netherlands um, didn't register a shot on target in, like, I think they said, like, 10 or 11 years in an international tournament. So that's yeah. that's an unbelievable statistic. Um, and Switzerland were, were a far better team. It seemed like the Netherlands held on to the ball more 52% possession to uh, Czech Republic's 48 but uh, in, in an offensive sense, the Czech Republic were were far superior. I just, I don't know. There was a couple games where the Netherlands looked really good. Um, I thought they'd be mid uh, at, at the very beginning, and then they showed me that they had some real class and talent, um, but, but when it comes down to it, this is the kind of game that matters, and the good guys, uh, Depay especially, disappeared he was a ghost yeah it's uh saying the netherlands are the first side to win 100 percent of their group stage games before losing in 90 minutes in the first knockout round at a euro wow. championship tournament and then also to follow that czech republic have won five of their last seven games uh, against the dutch including both of their meetings in this run that came uh at the euros so um great to see an upset here wasn't the one we thought Czech Republic, one of those third-place teams that squeaked in. Uh, a couple of those third-place teams making it to to the um, quarters. I think, wait, I think three of the four third-place teams won their matchups, so that's crazy. Yeah, that's actually um, nuts. So that shows that um, that ruling is is possible. That, not possible. What the fuck am I trying to say? That it was a good judgment call, and that any that these upsets can happen. Um, not it's not always chalk. So um, for Czech Republic, Schick increases his goal tally to four now. Only one behind Ronaldo, still as the goal leader uh, for the tournament. Um, he should definitely have a good shot against Denmark to equalize it, if not pass him. Um, yeah, like you said, the Delic red card uh, was awful. Um, awful. Just trip tripping on his feet and just, just grabbing the ball as he was falling down. Um, if you were in a situation, though, would you do the same thing or would you tr- just let that guy take a breakaway and just have faith in Stecklenburg to do something? Like, well, what I, would your... I, I think Stecklenburg is shit, but I think I, I feel like I'd much rather let... The, uh, as a player on the Netherlands, you have Depay on your team, right? You know how good he is and, and how prolific of a scorer he can be at a club level. And really, I mean, in this tournament, he, he's played all right. I think you have a better chance of letting him go in on, on Stecklenburg, maybe score, maybe not, and be down 1-0. And, yeah, know, and know that you are still in the game and you can still play a serious role because delict is is yeah. a is a great center back i mean he's he's very very good by by pretty much all metrics yeah he's an integral part to the defense and like yeah. like you said i i'd rather go down one nil with an 11 players rather than um zero zero with 10 because now it's a totally tactically different game yeah um more so if you're down to 10 rather than being down one nil because if you're down one nil with a full 11 you can easily sub a defender and put another attacking player in and there's more cover there, but with 10 now, it's a psychological disadvantage for you 
that um, there's more ground to cover and the other team's going to have the chance to have the ball more. And, and it showed. And eventually checks just warm out and there wasn't enough opportunities for the Dutch to score. I know Dumfries had a couple. He's been getting really involved in the attack. That's good signs. Yeah. Um, if people are trying to sign him for the upcoming season. But losing Delict as a central key component to the defense is huge because... Now you have DeVry, who's not as big of a leader as DeLict is, and Blind, who doesn't have the same legs he used to. Um, and then, like you said, just not an, a fully established goalkeeper in Stecklenburg that people have confidence in. is It just ultimately doesn't work out. And um, Czech Republic move on to a matchup with Denmark, which, if I'm England, I said this to somebody at work, that England, this whole tournament, have gotten so lucky with their draws. They got got drawn into a reasonable group and then they finish in a position that put them in a, the better side of the bracket. I mean, yeah, they did have to play Germany, but they over overcame that, that challenge. And now they, they're going to play the Ukraine and then the winner of the Czechs and Danish. So, I mean, as this rate, if you're an England fan or a neutral, you're thinking England are making the final. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to argue against that for sure. Um, okay, uh, let us move on to uh, one of my one of my more enjoyed games uh, of the. This is around a sixteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I misspoke earlier. By the way, I I said that they'd be the Czech Republic would be advancing to the semifinals. They'll be advancing to the quarterfinals. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, okay, Belgium one, Portugal nil. Uh, Thorgan Hazard and the Belgian squad managed to eliminate Portugal with a 42nd minute goal. Uh, that was all there was to separate the teams. Now, on paper, Portugal should have won this game. 23 shots to Belgium's six, four shots on target to Belgium's one, and uh, Portugal also controlled the game with 58% possession. So, I thought that this was a absolute stalwart Pepe performance. Like this was the Pepe blast from the past from the Madrid days. He was such a fucking asshole in this game. He should have been sent off probably two times over. Um and I was giggling the entire time. Like Belgium's going to knock the one once Thorgan Hazard scored. I was like, Belgium's going to knock them out. They're going to get knocked out. They're going to get knocked out. And I don't like to see Ronaldo win. And I don't really want to see Pepe win ever. Um, but the rest of the guys on this team, I have a lot of love for some of these guys. I think Jota's immense. I think he's a great player. Um, Jean Moutinho, uh, I really like him as well. And then Renato Sanchez, um, I got a little bit of love in my heart for him too. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of invested in his development. So, it was it was unfortunate to see Portugal get knocked out, especially when I think they played a much better game than uh, than Belgium did. But uh, there's there's really not much you can say. Um, uh, no penalties, I guess, for Ronaldo. You, you can't win if you don't get any pens. Yeah, I'm looking here now. There's potential rumors of Renato Sanchez coming to Arsenal. Oh, there is. Yeah, I know. I've yeah I've seen the the messages between him and Gabriel. Yep, uh, he used to be past teammates in France but um besides the point this out of all the games I was surprised at the scoreline for this one because I really thought this was going to be a barn burner yeah. um I was heavy on the overs club here because I thought both defenses were going to fold but 
it ended up not and it was tactically a great game to watch as a manager or like a coach because you're seeing matchups all over the field working out um the hazard brothers getting in there um i think a big loss for portugal was not having jao Cancelo out there um i forget why he wasn't there was it covid or what was his deal i forget who exactly jao Cancelo, the right back from city i don't i don't remember he wasn't even in the squad. He started out. It must in have been co- it was COVID because he he was in the squad. It's it's ridiculous because you lose him with so much experience and quality there. You put a young guy like Delot from United who's only 22. Yeah. Um not much experience and in in a matchup like this you really need somebody bombing forward, uh whipping balls into Ron. So that's tough scenes to there, but um ultimately Belgium did win. I thought they would. Um, I think Portugal going out here is sad because if Ronaldo got through, he probably would have had um, another two or three goals to add on to the record. He still sits tied with 109 all time, so he'll probably stay until he breaks that um, easily. But um, yeah, it, it the, what I was seeing here, it says uh, this was Belgium's first win against Portugal since 1989 in a World Cup qualifier, so that ends a... Uh, what's we call it? A thirty-two year drought there. Great to see that, and then um, it 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 sets up a great matchup for with Belgium and Italy, which could be a a final a finals matchup if things worked out in different ways. But um, we're spoiled here with great matchups, and this is probably the best out of the four for the quarterfinals. So, um, Belgium by far have the hardest road yeah to get into the final. And once they're there, they may be a little bit spent, um, especially if they go into extra time uh, in a couple games here and there in the shootouts. It might drain the players a little bit too much, whereas uh, England have just been doing their thing 90 minutes and going home. So interesting to see. it'll be interesting to see um, what will happen next. Yeah. Um, all righty. Let's move on to the actual barn burner, Croatia 3. Yeah. Spain, five. I thought they had it. I mean, I thought that Croatia were going to work their way back into this game. They were playing without their heart and soul. Uh, Ivan Perisic, who I think is so integral. Um, But they did manage to put out a decent team sheet. You do have the likes of Kovacic, Modric, um, Rebic, who is playing for Milan these days, I think. Um, he's he's had a, a story career in in uh, the Bundesliga as well. Uh, up against uh, Spain side who who haven't made much changes um, defensively. I thought I thought Spain were were pretty fucking poor. Um, they let Croatia get back in uh, a multitude of times. Uh, the the first goal was a Pedri own goal. Uh, that oh my god, it, that was just an absolute howler, dude. That was so bad. That by far one of the worst goals. It was it was awful. Um, so so that was the first goal. Croatia went up one nil, and then Sarabia, Azpilicueta, and Ferran Torres um, managed to score after that. So you had a goal in the first half from Spain, the two in the second half, um, and and really just after that, like. Orsic and and Pasalic, they both scored in the like the dying embers of the game to draw it to three three, and that the the choke that you have to 
the amount of choke, I should say, is just astronomical. Like, this Spain team is exactly who I thought they were. They will not advance past this. They will not. There is no way this was a fluke. They, they just don't have it. I don't know how they managed to get by here. Fucking Morata, out of nowhere, dude, he finds it. He finds it. He hasn't found it in the past five years of his career, and he fucking found it, and he scored, and he, he put them ahead in extra time. And then the Oyarzabal goal, I mean, that's just – they were riding high after the Morata thing, and, and Croatia yeah. were down bad. Um, but this was super entertaining to watch. I had Croatia money line. They were, they were plus 550. The value was unbelievable um, going into this game. I was so confident in Croatia. Uh, and then I realized, it, it, I mean, it wasn't going to matter because they lost anyway, but um, the fucking bets, dude, you need to do full-time plus extra time. Yeah, I was about to mention that. Well, had troubles in the past in the MLS uh, playoffs, the same deal. Well, they hide it. They hide it so it intricately. They will put it in the absolute deepest subsection of a menu so that you can't bet it. And it's so fucking ridiculous. It should be illegal. It's disgusting. I can never find it when I want it, and I go, ah, I'm fine. Like it, they'll win it. They'll win it full time. And every single time, it burns me, dude. I have lost so. I haven't lost money, but I've I've literally lost out on so much profit. Like the Club yeah. World Cup last year was won with Bayern, dude. They won it in extra time. It would have been like the the payday was like I had a couple underdogs and Bayern because they were only like minus one seventy five or something. The payday would have been like twelve hundred dollars, and I lost because because I didn't do the full time extra time. Um, but yeah, back to the game. I mean, do do you have anything to say about this? I just I think it was a Croatia collapse, and and I don't think Spain are that good, man. They're not five goals good. They're just they're not. Yeah, I agree with you that Spain aren't this good, but I think. Um, we do have to give them credit to their style and how they've been playing. Um, they they're definitely the most dominant team in this tournament in possession. Hands in possession, down, they, sure, yeah. They they know how to control the ball. That's always how the Spanish uh, mentality's been over the past couple of decades: is possession and always having the ball to control the tempo of the game. And that's something they do well. I really like their midfield players. They got quality. Uh, guys in there that can control the ball and they have great subs off the bench to do so too um, it just comes down to their attack and how, what they make of their opportunities they get a fuckload of chances but they're just not um, finishing in the right areas and you we can keep ragging on Marata, um, but there are other guys on the field that aren't stepping up either as much um, they're gonna have to pick up the load Sarabia now back-to-back games with goals and Fernand Torres getting in there They've scored 11 goals in the tournament in four games, but 10 of those have come in the last two. Uh, absolute route against Slovakia and now against a decent Croatia team. Um, so there is a little bit of credit to give them um, because of the style of play they, they have. It, it gives them enough opportunities to where they have to score some of them. They get 20 shots a game pretty much now, and they have to score at least two or three of them, and I think they'd win because uh, their defense can hold up a little bit. But um, going up against higher-quality teams is going to be an interesting opportunity because it might take possession away from them. They're going to have to rely more on their defensive structure and 
they might not size up well to other teams. Their defense is not the biggest. Um, with Garcia and Aspie and Gaia, those guys are all six feet or under. So when it comes to playing teams like Belgium with Lukaku, um, potentially in the semifinals, they might get bullied over um, with the passing quality of De Bruyne in there. So um, that's getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. They have to go through Switzerland, who we'll touch on, had an absolute miracle of a win. But um, yeah, I I really thought, like you said, I thought Croatia had this. And these 90th minute goals are just absolutely absurd. The amount of late goals in this tournament is crazy. Um, fitness is major. This, If you guys don't understand by now, fitness is huge. There yeah. are, there's been, what is this, 13... Uh, 29, what's that? 42 goals in the first half of games, whereas in the second half, there's been, what's that, 70. So the increase in goals, and this is in all the matches so far, um, 20 to 30 more goals in the second half is huge. That just shows the legs and the fatigue that these players have had. They've played so, they play in all year cram schedules through club, through league play, through um, uh, whatchamacallit, European matches. like It's crazy, and they get no rest. So it, it shows in later, la- later the latter st- stages of the game. I gotta like, slow down. I like speed talk sometimes. It's all right. Um, what was I going to say? And the substitution rules that changed helps a lot because I'm seeing like five, six subs a game. So yeah. that's good to see. I think that's something that's been overdue. Um, it helps with um, rotating guys and resting players and also gives opportunities to a lot more players on the bench because they take 23-man squads, 26-man squads of these tournaments and eight or nine of them probably never play if there's only three subs a match. So uh, evens out that. But um, yeah, I'm glad there was a high-scoring game like this. Wasn't expecting it to be this match, but um, entertaining as a neutral. I'll say that. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, let's move on. We'll pick this up too because we're getting lengthy. Um, yeah. France versus Switzerland. Another barn burner. Not a game that I thought would go this way. Um, Switzerland win the game 5-4 in penalties. Kareem the Dream Benzema was the player of the match for me. Um, Harris Seferovic was the opening scorer. He plays for Benfica, I think. Um, he scored in the 15th, and then it was uh, all was quiet until the 57th minute when Kareem Benzema struck for the first time. In the 59th, Benzema added another to his name to secure a brace for himself, and then Pogba added a third. I thought, I thought this would be it. Uh, when Pogba scored in the 75th minute, I thought that Switzerland were surely finished, but Seferovic had different plans. He scored in the 81st to draw Switzerland back to 3-2, and then Gavranovic scored in the 90th minute, the 90th minute cheese hit, and that was that was it. I mean, they had to go into extra time. They played two periods of extra time um, with no result uh, there. Game had to go to penalties. And then uh, Speed Merchant Mbappe, uh, he sold. He sold hard. And and that was it. Uh, Switzerland advanced through France and absolutely blow my bracket to fucking bits. Yep. Um, I can't believe that France let this get away from them. 
They were a dominant team, 26 shots to Switzerland's 12, but Switzerland were just more clinical. Seferovic, absolutely fantastic in this one. Um, should be very proud of himself and, and of his team. Um, he made Jaka look like uh, like an all-star. He looked great. He was controlling the middle of the pitch. Uh, Freuler, underrated player, I think, this, uh, this Euro. He's been really, really solid in the middle of the park. And and overall, they were just they were so strong. You you didn't see Shakiri in this game. Um, what's up with him? Oh yeah, no, no. Shakiri did play. He did play. He played. He got subbed off. He got subbed, he got off. subbed off before all the craziness happened. Yeah. I mean, um, Safarovic, great match for him. Two headers. Um, comes down to defending positionally. He just gets away from his defenders very well and whip balls in behind the defenders are tough to defend. I mean. Um, key moment for me, Lloris, um, saving the penalty early on against Rodriguez. That was huge. Gave some confidence to France. Um, Benzema coming in, getting a quick brace is massive. Um, just a quick and intricate play with those French players, Griezmann and Mbappe, um, potentially drama between them, but probably just rumors and just random people saying shit just to get headlines. But um, great to see him. I'm most upset about not getting to see Pogba play more because he was a joy to watch. I said that last week. It was awesome. Hits an absolute beauty uh, to get that 3-1 lead. Top bins, potentially in that, uh, um, whatchamacallit, who they played, the Portugal game that one Patricio save would have been even better. But yeah, he's been a joy to watch. Obviously, like you said before, he's has he has Conte in there to do most of his duties defensively for him so he can openly just play forward um we'll see if he makes a move from united or not because they're gonna have to start um selling people to cover these funds that they just made for sancho and potentially varan another one of his french uh teammates but um yeah i mean switzerland scoring in the 90th minute 81st as well just comes down to not mentally being locked in i mean these closing minutes i said it before i'll say it again you need to close games out and you need to be mentally there. And maybe managerially, you need to make some substitutions there for fresh legs in the back um, to secure those wins. I mean, going 3-1 up against a team like this with 15 left, he should have put another defender in just to secure things up. I mean, it's easy to say now, hindsight's twenty twenty, but you can't, you can't leave uh, any openings for the other team to expose you. Even if you're a massive favorite for like France against Switzerland, things like this can happen. And when it comes to penalties, anything can happen. You can yeah. never really have 100% faith in any of these shooters. And it can happen to the best of them. You see Mbappe got his saved. It's tough, but it, it happens. So, And one more thing. I don't know how Musa Suzuka is still in the squad. Bro, he looked good. Out. He looked good. He did. did he? he put in a shift. Yes, he did. I was shocked. I watched. I watched this with my brother. And I was like, bro, who the fuck is on the wing? And he's like, oh, it's it's Suzoko. I, I was like, oh, excuse me? And then I watched the entire game like that he played. I, I thought he he played really well. Well, well, then credit to him. I'll take that back. But he's had stinkers with Tottenham in the past. He shouldn't be in the squad, though. There's no reason for him to be in the squad. I don't know how he gets in there, but Ben Yedder can't get a lick of time in there. Yeah, that's um, true. That guy's, that guyy's a baller. He is. Um, he's a demon. I thought I thought Giroud had the winner. I thought he had the Me winner, Me too. Man. He, he fucking goosed it, though. He just uh, he, he kicked it right into uh, 
He kicked it into the defender, and then it hit Mbappe, and then even get a corner out of that one. Yeah, but the the shootout worked out well. Um, if anybody wants to go watch that, there's a clinic of how to take penalties. Some of those. Uh, Pogba's was my favorite. That guy is playing with absolute confidence. Yeah. It's awesome. To watch. Well, he only does that in a French shirt. Yeah, that's true. But uh, we'll yeah. see with his with Sancho in there what he's going to do. Maybe he'll come in more dances. Yeah. Before he before he leaves mm-hmm. when his contract expires. Um, but yeah, that's all I have to say. Um, Switzerland face an even tougher team in form. Yeah. Uh, in Spain now, they're really, they're really that they might potentially have even more problems because Spain control the ball even better than France. Yeah. Dude, Griezmann fucking sucks. Uh, and Mbappe, like, what were you doing? Honestly, he's supposed to be like the best player in the world. What the fuck was that? That did was he a, even. Had, that was an awful tournament. Goal. No, it was an did he not awful, have a goal on the? Yeah, he, he didn't score. He didn't score in the tournament. That was a piss poor tournament from him. Like horrendous. That's what happens when you play in a farmers league. Just saying. Mm. Um. All right, let's move on. England two, Germany nil. Raheem Sterling and Sir Harry Kane of Tottenham were the players to make a difference in this one. It was level until the 75th minute when Raheem Sterling netted his third and England's third goal of the tournament. This guy's conversion rate in this Euro is just unreal. When he scored, I was just giggling like a fucking kid. I was like, how in the fucking world of all people is Raheem Sterling the guy that's getting it done for England? There was talk about him not making the team. Southgate got slated because he put him on the team. I don't think I don't think Raz has as much in the tank as he used to, but I cannot take away from him how clutch and how clinical he has been in this tournament. I mean, it is really, really impressive. And I think that we have to give him all the credit in the world. Um <laughs> a reporter asked him after the game, do you think this justifies uh, justifies your, your selection? And he just kind of did like the, the eyes, you know? Uh, what an absolutely silly question that was. Um, I know the ball's fallen to him a couple times, and, and that's why he's been the one to score, but you cannot take away the fact that he's put these chances away. He's been the one, uh, he's been the one to, to put them ahead when they need to be, and really, I mean kind of been the savior of the tournament everybody else just couldn't get it done Kane not great in this uh in this game but he looked uh he looked better in terms of the runs he was making in inside the 18 and 6 um that was a really great finish uh from him kind of a diving like on his knees header um but really great service from Grealish too so it's actually really cool I think when Grealish comes on the crowd goes nuts. Like they, yeah. they love him. Um, and there was a couple of really good performances here. Saka looked great again. I Your think boy again the start. He he looked awesome, man. He's he's really developing. It, it makes me so happy to see. Um, and then Declan Rice, I feel like probably shouldn't even be in, in the squad. Like he's looked really poor. I think uh, really in a lot of these games. Uh, everybody has seen different things. I've had a couple conversations. Um, with with you know, a couple of of my friends that are from England, and some of them like him, some of them think that he just hasn't really been up to the task. Um, but I, I think he's been quite poor, and I think Shaw was kind of poor here after coming off a, a really good season with with United. But uh, you can't put all the blame on them. 
Um, I think this is a good result for England. Germany looked... Uh, they looked sus. Yeah, I knew they were. I, I they knew, were toothless. I knew the the Chelsea times with Havertz and Werner would come to the surface eventually in this tournament. I knew they would have shit moments, and that would just let them down. Um, but the biggest moment, the biggest letdown, I should say, for Germany didn't even come from them. It was from Muller, a breakaway. You could just slide it past Pickford and get him back in it misses it wide that's something from him especially as a veteran as a a leader for this team for the past decade or so you think he slot away and to have him miss out of all people is kind of disheartening um but yeah i mean england's lineup when they matched up like for like against germany here was interesting yeah. you didn't expect uh i think mcguire got the start here did he i don't know i'm not sure if he started in their check game because I haven't been watching as much. I don't remember. Work, but, but now that he's back in there, uh, you don't have Mings in there. And then uh, he slid Walker into a central defensive position. Um, Pep's done that a little bit. But it gives Trippier and Luke Shaw the opportunity to push forward more. And when he has Phillips and Rice in there, they're more defensive-minded. Rice more. Um, gives opportunity for Saka, Kane, and Sterling to stay up and have more attacking uh, opportunities. So... Um, it, I'm going to give credit to Southgate here. I mean, they still haven't conceded a goal, so something's working for them. Um, they get a favorable matchup against Ukraine, who came in that last third-place position. Um, so I, it just keeps going their way. I, I don't want to say anything too soon, but it's just looking good for them. Um, Germany finished where I thought they would. I didn't think their squad would make it this far coming up against an England team like this. Um, they do have very good individual players, but Muller said it, said it himself that it's the team first. That's why you don't see a lot of Germans get individual recognition. Uh, but he said it ultimately comes down to the stars on the jerseys, and this wasn't one of those performances for them. So um, Germany goes home. They get some nice deserved rest before clubs picks back up. Happy for Havertz and Werner to get some rest before they head back to Chelsea. But I don't know. I don't know about the England team. I don't know um, if they actually get into a dogfight match, if they can mentally stay in it. So we'll see when they concede that first goal uh, what their reaction is. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I just feel like every time England haven't been tested, like they just they're they're not getting tested in in some of these of these tight these games that I feel like should be tighter and teams are like letting them slip through and and they're not marking Raheem Sterling which is like just mark him he's not as fast as he used to be just mark him he's the one that's scoring please mark him because he's slipping and sliding through and it just it seems so simple but I I suppose it's not in the grand scheme of things but he he is the guy that they're going to when they need a goal that that is big flopper king of flop that's true I guess that's true you do have to worry about that when you're guarding him. Um, but, uh, yeah, England 2, Germany no. Good result for England. Um, I was kind of hoping to see Germany go through, but um, yeah. this, they have guys that I like. Uh, but but let's move on. Unfortunately, this game was Ugh, poverty. Tough. This game was tough, was, was tough dude. Um, Sweden 1, Ukraine 2. It I'll was, yeah, just God. Yeah, it's tough. It, and now that it's marinated in for a couple of days, it's really tough to look back on. Um, 
He had guys like Forsberg scored in this game. He had four in the tournament, which is awesome for him individually. But um, these games going into extra time, anything can fucking happen. I know. And it gives opportunities to Ukraine, who, in their mind, get get a round of 16 is like winning the whole thing. If I'm them, getting into this this position, it's everything afterwards is fucking gravy. Um, and yeah. Shevchenko is not the best manager uh, in this remaining teams, but he gets the most out of his guys. And that goal, I was able to watch this game live, actually, that in those extra time periods. And that goal in the 121st minute was just, it just ultimately came down to who wanted it more. And it was a perfect ball in. Um, if he was ruled offsides by VAR for a fingernail, I know bro. that would have been, I and know. they lost in PKs. That would have been absolutely insane. I but know. the right decision was made ultimately, and you get a story like this, like Ukraine winning. Um, now they're go. I think they're playing England in um in Italy now. So that's one thing. I, they everybody keeps traveling for these games, and it's kind of tough because you have to deal with the jet lag and having to spend time traveling where as you can be resting. Yeah. So that that's different, but um kind of upsetting for Sweden because they had great moments for, in the tournament for players. I just saw that Isak got a move to Real Sociedad from yep. Dortmund. So Dortmund lose another player, so they keep getting plucked off one by one. Um we'll see if Holland moves. Potentially Chelsea are gonna sell like five people to get him. Yeah. Um I don't me personally, I don't think it's the right move to get him. It's one of those things that, as a club mentality, it's we buy people just to have them so other people can't. Um, that's one thing I've seen over the years they do, and then they don't play those guys. Rarely they do, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not. It's crazy to say you don't. I don't want to get Holland because he's the hottest guy um, when it comes to football right now in skill and talent and per- potential overall, but. I just don't think as a team overall that's where our focuses need to be. I think that's more as like we need to to invest defensively because we got a guy that's gonna be thirty eight years old playing. Yeah. I don't think I don't think that's where our money should be spent right now. Yeah. Um but um that's a different story. We'll touch on that at a different time. But um yeah, Ukraine moving on, uh closing out the round of sixteen. Yeah. I mean just sad. Like, so <laughs> sad. I, I really... I've been riding and dying with Sweden, and this was this was a really sad game for me. They, they, was Zlatan made of... Would Zlatan have made a difference? No. No way. Forsberg's the guy here, and, and really just letting the fucking Dovbeek score in the 121st minute. Literally, who is that? Artem Dovbeek. Who the fuck is that? Um, I don't know, man. This this defense this this Swedish defense was okay um, in a lot of these games and and they just weren't in this game. That's that's you live and die by your defense in the Euro. Um, I think in in a lot of international tournaments and when Vindelof is is or like or Lindelof is your leader um, or maybe not leader but probably the best defender in the team. Um, that's tough. That's tough. That that was always gonna be the uh, that was always gonna be the sword we fell on, and it's it's unfortunate. But at least Sweden got out of the groups. That's all I really wanted from them. Had them going a little deeper, but uh, it was good to see uh, Isak um, kind of like secure himself. I think 
his performance in some of these games um, was part of the reason that that some of these teams were were willing to go out and pull the trigger on him. So he's going to Sociedad, where he will get the chance to to play with some other excellent players and and hopefully develop. He's he's pretty young still, I think. So um, that's that's a really good thing to see. And um, it, it was it's good. It's always good to watch them play. Um, I wish Ireland were in this tournament. It would have been nice to see them play too, but they suck. Oh, yeah. So. Um, yeah, he's yeah. only he's only 21. He'll be 22 in September. Yeah, so uh, they wanted to lock him in until 2026, is what I saw. Uh, I don't yep. I don't see that happening. If he manages to um, conti- continually the develop, then he should be getting himself a move to a better team. And I think his potential is actually very very high. So yeah, great to see. Um, not much else to say. I don't know the Ukraine. Like uh, really, uh, really. They're in they're in the quarters. Like that's the team that that's the team that's in the quarters. Unbelievable. Is it more is it crazier to think Switzerland in there or Ukraine? Fucking Ukraine. <laughs> Switzerland, I can name some of the players. I can't name you a yeah. single player on Ukraine besides Yarmolenko. Yeah, it's wild, like I said at the start of the breakdown, like three of the four third place teams won. The only one that didn't get through was um whoever uh who was it? Who was the other third place team that Made it, didn't win. Was it Sweden? No, they finished second. Were Wales a third place team? It, it was a. Uh, it was Portugal. Oh yeah, yeah, Portugal. So that would have been crazy if they made it through. But yeah, it shapes out to this. I don't think we need to break down each game get by game. We kind of said that already in our predictions. So unless you want to, no, I'm good. I mean, we're at an hour now. We're we're trying to keep yeah. this short. We wound up going over anyway, but. Yeah. I think the next show, the next couple shows, um, we're going to try and throw some some transfer news and rumors in with our analysis of the games. Um, and yeah, then I there think there won't be as many games. Yeah, there's there's not going to be as much talk about that uh, talk about. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll throw those transfer rumors in to the next show. Um, thank you guys for listening to this show. Uh, it seems like we've been getting quite a few views uh, on these shows compared to. Um, what we were getting on those those old prem shows at the end of the season. Um, so I'm hoping you guys are enjoying the content. Well, we appreciate the the views, the listens. Um, make sure you check us out on social media at Post Twenty Pod, Twitter and Instagram is is really where we're active. Um, and then make sure uh, you check us out uh, anywhere really that podcasts are found. We're on SoundCloud. Uh, it's kind of our primary one. Seems like we get a lot of views through that. Uh, but we are also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, I just got an issue with Resolve with Spotify. We weren't showing up in searches, um, but I got us back out there. Yeah, so so we're good. Um, if you guys are looking for us on Spotify, we're back on there. I didn't even know we were off, but I guess we were. Um, and we're on uh, SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. So check us out there. Uh, check us out on YouTube at Post20Pod. Uh, as well and uh, that's really all I have anything for you Matt nope thank you guys so much have a safe holiday weekend Um, I'm sure it'll be a lot more fun for you guys than it will be for us but uh, that's how the cookie crumbles and other than that we'll see you next time all right take care guys